Alice's Adventurous Venture into Wonderland Written by Ian Smith Chapter 1 Into the Rabbit Hole Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the riverbank, and of how her sister mumbled as she read, the way annoying people do. She had peeped at her sister's book once or twice, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. What is the use of a book without pictures or conversations? Thought Alice, saying the words aloud for good measure. I've told you, Alice, there are no pictures or conversations because I'm blind. It's braille, I feel the bumps on the pages to read stories with my finger. But I'm bored of your fingering. You've been fingering your book all day. Well, that's because you keep dozing off and I have no one else to talk to in this field. I'm tired. Then rest and let me continue fingering in peace. Alice sat and considered if it was worth it to get up on such a hot and lazy day to cut daisies with her pocket knife for a daisy chain, or orchids for an orchid tuba when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by her. She'd given it little attention until she noticed it had pulled out a pocket watch from its waistcoat and declared, Oh dear, oh dear, I'm going to be late. I knew I should have made that left point at Albuquerque. At this sight, Alice sprang up like a spring springing upwards and ran across the field after the racking fracking varmint. Fortunately, just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. Alice, are you there? In another moment, like down the rabbit hole went Alice as well, never once considering how in the world she was to get out again, which is perhaps why many disappearances in the U.S. overlap with case systems. The rabbit hole went straight on like a tunnel, or rabbit hole for some way before a sudden drop, where Alice then found herself falling down a very deep well. Oh, shit! Oh, fuck! Fuck! Oh, no! No! Ah! Alice fell for what she assumed would be a very long time, long enough that she could observe the cupboards and shelves in the sides of the wall with empty orange marmalade jars, but was surprised the fall only lasted until the end of this sentence. Oh, God. Alice was not a bit hurt. I'm dying! And jumped up to her feet in a moment. She looked up at the dark overhead, and then down the long passage before her, in time to see the white rabbit turn the corner. Oh, my ears and whiskers, how late it's getting, and much oilier than last time. Alice followed the rabbit, and was close behind it when she turned the corner, but suddenly found herself in a long, empty hall of doors, no rabbit in sight. The doors around the hall were all locked, except for the one Alice wished had been. Hey, hey, close oh, the door! Jesus Christ! What are you doing? I'm shitting in here! I know you're shitting, I saw! Why didn't you lock the door? I did! You didn't! I did! I locked it before the gushing started! You didn't lock it! I knew a locked door! I just tried 20 of them! You must have done something! I don't know! Done something? What do you mean, done something? Why would I have even done? You picked the lock or something. You tell me. Why would I pick the lock just to see you shitting? Oh, so you did know I was shitting in here beforehand. You make me sick, kid. Get out of here already. Alice walked sadly down the middle of the hall, unsure of where to go to find the rabbit, until she came upon a little three-legged table with a tiny three-legged key resting on top. This wasn't here before. 
in such a tiny key, much too small for any of the locks on these doors. Perhaps I meant to put it in my mouth. Alice examined the key and discovered a product label with a disclaimer, warning of the choking hazard the key posed. So she decided against putting it in her mouth, and instead looked around the hall, this time noticing a low curtain. And behind it, two little doors about 15 inches high. Yep, that's 15 inches all right. No way I could squeeze through there at this size. But there's no harm in taking a look at what's behind these doors, I suppose. Alice knelt down and fit the key perfectly into the first door. Get out of here! Why are you back? Oh no, not you again! Me? Who the f*** are you to be giving me attitudes? You walked in on me shitting twice now! I didn't mean to! Didn't mean to? This door was definitely locked this time! It was an accident! That was deliberate! I'm calling the police! Alice locked the door and tried the key in the second door as well, finding another perfect fit. Hello? 911? There's a little girl here walking in on people shitting and laughing at the hoo-hahs. Alice peered into the passage, not much larger than a rat's hole, and saw inside the loveliest garden she'd ever seen. How she longed to leave this dark hall and wander among the bright beds of flowers, cool fountains, and even cooler halfpipes. But she could not even get her head through the doorway. And even if I could get my head through, said Alice aloud, thinking the words quietly for good measure. It would be of very little use without my shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Perhaps there is something else at the table. Hmm, nothing. Nothing on this table at all. Unless, unless I consider this little bottle labeled drink me that appeared so curiously. It was all very well to say drink me, but wise little Alice knew better than to do as she's told, and inspected the bottle quite carefully to see whether it was marked poison or not. Just like the bottles under the kitchen sink, there's no mention of poison at all, so it must be perfectly safe to drink. I'm just glad this one's not an enema. Alice ventured to taste, and, finding it very nice, having a sort of mixed flavor of cherry tart, pineapple, oak banana... Cypress Mango, and Cypress Hill. She very soon finished it off. I must be insane in the membrane. I feel quite curious, as if shutting up like a telescope. And indeed she was, now only ten inches tall, the perfect height, Alice realized, for going through the little door into the lovely garden. But alas, alas needs a key for unlocking doors, and this lass was key lass, for Alice had left it on the top of the three-legged table. Oh no! Whatever shall I do? I'm much too small to reach the key now. Hmm. What's this? A chainsaw? Perfect for sawing chains, but I wonder if I could saw through table legs as well. There we go! Alice followed OSHA regulation to a T in operating her chainsaw, and soon the table toppled over like a Hussein statue. There's the key. But what could this be? Another bottle that says drink me? Well, I could use a good thirst quencher after all that chainsaw work, and I am one for doing as I'm told. All right. Being alone never stopped me from doing birthday belly shots before. Oh, mm. 
healthy, rich, a hint of full body, herbaceously blunt with a fleshy brawn, to say the least. But my, this is curiouser than the last curious thing. I'm growing quite large, to say the most. So large now. I may just, in fact, bump my head on a silly... Ow! Shit fucking fuck! Alice did strike her head against the roof of the hall, for she was now more than nine feet tall and being scouted by the Boston Celtics. But as she felt at the stinging gash a crossbeam had left, she heard a little pattering of feet in the distance, and soon the white rabbit returned, splendidly dressed, with a pair of white kid gloves in one hand and a large fan in the other. Oh, the Duchess, the Duchess, won't she be savage if I keep her waiting? She'll probably hunt me without a license. And we all know the penalty for hunting and fricasseeing rabbit without a fricasseeing rabbit license. I don't. Alice said in a low, timid voice, as not to scare the rabbit as it passed. But the rabbit had a violent, unrelated flashback from his youth at that exact moment, coincidentally, and scurried away into the darkness as fast as he could, dropping the gloves and fan in a panic. Wait, Mr. Rabbit! Oh dear. Now what will I do? Alice took up the gloves and fan, and, as the hall was very hot, fanned herself all the time as she went on talking. These gloves are much too small to fit, so I should acquit. <clears throat> Try to get them on. Nope, too small. But wait now, they seem to be growing. No, I- I'm shrinking. Why am I shrinking and cooled off? Alice discovered the answer to both was the fan she'd been gyrating in her hand and immediately whacked it against the ground to snap it to pieces defeating its evil witchcraft powers once and for all. That was a narrow escape, said Alice, a good deal frightened by the sudden change, but very glad to find herself not shrunken out of existence and the perfect size to fit through the door yet again. But as she bent down and retrieved the key, she again heard a little pattering of footsteps, and soon the white rabbit came trotting back around the corner, anxiously, looking about as if it had lost something. Oh, my dear paws, ears, and whiskers, where'd I put them gloves and fan? You'd think something meant the hands wouldn't walk off on you. Excuse me, Mr. Rabbit? The Duchess, Mary Ann? What are you doing all the ways out here? Don't you know it's Mary Ann season? I thought it was rabbit season. Mary Ann season. Rabbit season. Rabbit season. Mary Ann season. Exactly. You gotta get out of here, Doc. But first, help me find the gloves and fan, would you? I think I dropped them right here somewhere. Do you mean these? Mary Ann held up. No, sorry. Alice held up the stretched and torn gloves and pointed to the shattered fragments of fan on the ground. Well, what do you know? The decoys wiped after all. Decoys? Of course. That's why they're not so coy no more. And I wouldn't let the real ones get all torn up when I lost them, could I? I suppose not. But you could always not lose them in the first place. Then there'd be no point in getting the decoys, Mac. You're not listening. Run along back to my house and grab the real gloves and fan, would you? We're gonna need them. We? Well, I suppose I could. But is it safe for me? Eh, you're right. Hold on a sec. The white rabbit ripped off the Mary Ann season sign nailed to the nearby tree and replaced it with a duck season one. With this, Alice ventured in the direction the rabbit had pointed until she came across a neat little house amongst rows of carrots with a bright brass plate on the door with W. Rabbit engraved on his face. I wonder if this is the correct house. 
It was not. Who the hell are you? How did you get in here? Oh, I'm quite sorry. I thought this was the White Rabbit's house. No, this is my house. I'm an egret, not a rabbit. But the sign on your door says W Rabbit. And nowhere on it does it say come in, does it? Now get out of here already. (laughs) Alice left in a hurry, wondering if she'd ever find the rabbit's house. But soon she came across another neat little house, amongst rows of lettuce, on the door of which was this time the name White Rabbit, written in pencil. Hello? No reply. This must be the correct house, then. I do hope I can find these gloves and fan before the real Marianne shows herself. That's just a whole mess I don't want to explain. Oh, won't the rabbit feel foolish once he realises his mistake? Unless I'm the decoy, Marianne, so the real one stays safe. What's all this, then? Who are you? Me? Oh, I'm Alice. And who are you? Marianne, who let you in here? Did you take any gloves or a fan? Not yet. You see this rabbit? Oh, so you broke in to laugh at some hoo-haws and steal the gloves and fan Mr. Rabbit keeps in the safe in a spaghetti room, innit? Combination 94117, that's so? Well, I, I I wouldn't say that I... And uh, you just thought you'd walk in and out, did you? Though Marianne wouldn't show up in time to kick your arse, at it? I wouldn't say you're that old. Then explain these crow's feet. <gasps> not yours. Look, maybe I should go. Oh, you're not going anywhere. I've waited a long time to put my orange belt to good use. As Marianne approached, winding her arms back in a circular motion to lock in a more powerful punch, Alice, fearful of fighting someone much bigger and stronger than herself, looked around for anything that could help, before her eyes landed on a small bottle on the counter next to her, labeled Drink Me. Well, I've got nothing to lose. After quickly glancing over the bottle for any mention of the word poison, and not finding one, Alice downed the bottle in one gulp, and grew quite large. Not in the sense of height, like before, but swole and bulbous, and very castable in Predator. All right, lady, you want a piece of me? Bring it on, bitch! Oh, I'll bring it on here and win it. Alice and Marianne fought about the White Rabbit's house, in a friendly bout for quite some time, before the clever little Alice had a clever little idea. Enough of this! Go, go, gadget harpoon! was bound to work eventually. Now to find the fanning gloves, which Marianne said was in the spaghetti room. Looks like this is it. So that corner has farfalle. Good sign is there's a great many meatballs. Swedish meatballs. Swedish meatballs. I brought some easy day from Sweden. Bork, bork, bork. Well, good for you, sir. Ah, there's that safe. Now what was the combination again? Nine... Alice retrieved the gloves and fan from the spaghetti room safe, as well as a Ziploc from the kitchen for some travel spaghetti, and left the house to return to the White Rabbit. She wandered about for quite some time before she soon found herself in a thick wood. The first thing now that I've got to do is grow to my right size again and shed these giant muscles. The second thing is to dump the vote. The third, I need to find that white rabbit so I can get on back to the lovely garden behind the little door. It sounded like an excellent plan, no doubt. 
The Nineteenth Amendment was in full swing, and the rest was very neatly and simply arranged. The only difficulty was, Alice had no idea how to set about her plan. And as she peered around the trees anxiously, a sharp bark overhead snared her attention. No! Bad dog! No, you don't get my spaghetti! No, I don't care how big of a dog you are! Go on now, you! It's my spaghetti! I need it to throw my adventurous venture into this wonderland! I know! You can have some of the chocolate-covered raisins I also took. Chocolate? Raisins? Poisonous to dogs? Now let me see. Alice searched each of the six chocolate-covered raisins in her hand for the word poison, just like she done did with the mystery bottles of fun-time juice, but found no such writing. Perfectly safe, just as I thought. Here you are. You're quite welcome. What's your name? Sam? And you were an Elvis impersonator in a past life? Well, I don't know a Kenneth, but I have no time for side quests now. I have to find a rabbit named White. No, his, his fur is white, but I, I'm sure it's a coincidence. Exactly, just like Blackbeard. Fueled by spaghetti, the ten-inch-tall buff Alice bid her new friend goodbye and continued on with her search for the white rabbit leaving this sweet, giant, innocent dog to vomit blood, keel over, and die quite mysteriously. All alone. It wasn't long before Alice found herself searching the flowers and blades of grass around her more for something to drink to change her size than to find the rabbit. There's got to be something around here labeled drink me, so people know what to do with it. Perhaps on this mushroom I see up ahead, roughly my own height. Alice stretched herself up on tiptoe and peered over the edge of the mushroom, where her eyes immediately met those of a large blue caterpillar who sat on top, arms folded and quietly smoking a long hookah, shaped like a crack pipe, and scented of crack pipe. <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you looking at? Well, who are you? What are you doing here? The white rabbits in you. Explain yourself! Alice thought to herself and realized the white rabbit did technically send her, if only to retrieve gloves and a fan for him. Yes, the white rabbit sent me. Were you expecting someone else? He <laughs> said, oh, Mary Ann, I come by with gloves and a regular fan, resembling a magic decoy. On the way to the meeting, I'm guessing you're Mary Ann. Well, I... I don't... Um... What, what meeting exactly? Ah, the secret phrase. <laughs> it is you. Where are the gloves and fan? I have them right here. <laughs> we'll need those once we're all inside. Inside where? No, with the secret phrases. I'm convinced. You know the plan, Mary Ann. Why, Rabbit's been putting this team together for over two years, and today's the day. Now let's get to that tea party at March Hare's house and meet the rest of the gang. I certainly can't go to a party looking like this. <laughs> Your giant muscles don't usually glisten this much without baby oil. Hardly, but I don't normally have muscles as these. No, that's a body that's been worked on. You can't get results like that overnight. My bud is a personal trainer, and he said... But I you did! Real I did get results like this overnight if you consider the right time zone. I've been drinking random bottles of liquids during my ventures, and then growing and shrinking each time. <laughs> that doesn't sound safe. You gotta watch what you put in your body. 
I'll maybe try drinking something else. <clears throat> right. Do you have anything I could drink? <clears throat> Doesn't look like it. Sorry, kid. Alice looked around the mushroom, hoping another bottle would appear as the others did, but instead saw nothing. Nothing other than the blue caterpillar and his quote-unquote hookah. The clever little Alice paced around the caterpillar quite a few times, observing every inch of its body for any kind of writing, but specifically the word poison. What, uh, what are you doing, Mary Ann? Oh, what's with the pocket knife, Mary Ann? Uh, why, why, are you, why are you looking at me like that, Mary Ann? <laughs> Alice found a drink, and soon she was her normal-sized figure again. She headed through the grass in the direction the caterpillar had pointed towards the tea party, hoping the white rabbit would be there to receive the gloves and fan from her at last, so she could get on back to the lovely garden she longed for. She had not gone much farther before she came in sight of the House of the March Hare, obvious from the chimneys shaped like ears. Roof thatched with fur, and presence of a March hare at the table set out under the tree in the front yard. Was absolutely an allegory for the decline of the British Empire and how that led to modern terrorism and the just otherwise is pish posh applesauce. You think they'd make a movie about a golden retriever playing basketball over some rule technicality? Has Excuse this- me, are you the March hare? Yeah, that's fine. Walk anywhere you want. It's just a private engagement on private property. Splendid. I was pointed this way for some meeting. I'm just wondering, what meeting exactly? (gasps) The secret phrase. She said the secret phrase. You must be Marianne. White Rabbit told us about you. I'll look past what you did in Tunisia for this mission, but just know, you make me sick. They were children, you scum. I didn't. That's neither here nor there. They're neither here nor there. No one can find the bodies. That's enough, Mad Hatter. Sorry about him. He's mad. I'm mad. I'm the Mad Hatter. Why are you so mad? Hat sales are down. Hat sales are down right now. It's not the hat season. March to May. March to May is hat season. A lot of sales then, March to May. I see. A lot of overhead costs for these overhead garments. That adds up. Perhaps a hat sale. I'm not looking for advice. He's not really looking for business advice at this moment. But since we're getting into introductions, next to him is our Dormouse, which is really just a mouse with an extra syllable. Hey, how are you? I'm handling the infiltration and reconning on this little outing of ours. But don't expect me to get into any fighting. That's where the March Hare hops in. And, of course, Mad Hatter would supply the hats. You break them, you buy them. Try not to break the hats on this mission. Hatter's loaning them out. I see. And who's this last person at the table? I am Sergei. I do tunnel and explosive. I also am haunted by memories of Motherland and what horrors and the invaders who invaded did to my people. But I will return one day and cleanse my lands of the scum who occupied them. I will bathe in their blood under the moonlight, and the world will know of our pain and our perseverance. In this life or the next, I will have vengeance. Just ignore him. 
So then that makes you Marianne. You must be the one smuggling the gloves and fan inside. Inside where? Enough with the sacred phrases! Now we're just waiting on the white rabbit to get here. Don't forget the blue caterpillar. I hope we'll recognize him. I'm not sure what he looks like. He's a caterpillar of a blue color. And how exactly do you know that? Yeah, I thought White Rabbit was the only one to have seen any of us before this meeting. Well, I, uh, I, you see, um... At this moment, a turtle wearing a light blue shirt and dark blue shorts and hat slowly crawled through the gate and towards March Hare at a turtle's pace, which was appropriate. After a painfully quiet 17 minutes of watching the turtle approach Hare, he was close enough that the letter attached to his back could be reached. And it was so. Hmm. A letter. What does it say? Obviously I'm going to read it and tell you! Oh no. What is it? I'm literally about to tell you! Give me a second! It's from the White Rabbit. What did he say? Will you? Hey! Shut up! It's from the White Rabbit. He says someone's been compromised and we need to act now. Compromised? You think it's Blue Caterpillar and that's why he not here? What compromise and say it is? White Rabbit also says he can't risk coming here and will meet us inside. Inside where? Ugh. The little door in the main hall with the garden inside where the Queen of Hearts lives. Her oppression ends today when we gut that cunt and string her intestines around every tree and every rosebush there. Lazy, Dormath. First, we need to get through Sergei's tunnel to get inside. Sergei, is it ready? I'll have drilling and blasting should be through rest of wall. You know, I have the key to the door if you all want to walk in. The key? Yes. For the door? Yes. The three-legged key on the three-legged table none of us could reach? I found a way to reach it. So, all the time spent all those days with a wife, kids, because Tano, all for nothing? Sort of. I missed funeral. When Buzz ran over Olga, I couldn't make it to hospitals in time because- She said yes, Sergei. We don't need to hear that story again. Read the room. I must go. Ah, good riddance. Okay, well, we'll just use the front door then. But the plan's the same. We eliminate as many of the royal family as we can, but our primary target is the queen. We'll split up once inside. Dormouth, you're planting Sergei's explosives around the compound. Hannah, you're supplying the hats. And what are the hats for again? They cover your head. They cover your head from the sun. Marianne, meet up with the White Rabbit to deliver the gloves and fan. I'll take my position to smite the Queen when I see a chance, and as many others as I can before they find me. You have your cyanide? I do. This may be the first and last time we all ever meet, but if we're successful today, our deaths won't be in vain. I hope we can do it. Just us few. We must try, Mad Hatter. We must. For companions, so be it. We shall be the Fellowship of the Key! <laughs> well, it's my key. I found it. It's not really ours. But as we say, one for all, and, and one for all. all! Alice felt upon herself the full weight of peer pressure, and joined her new colleagues in a celebratory toast with toast, as there was no tea left, before the hare and hatter tried forcing the dormouse into an empty teapot.
what strange creatures with which to be pulling off such a caper, thought Alice, mumbling the words aloud for no measure at all. What was that? Nothing. Although Alice wasn't quite sure where she lie in regards to the political climate of this new land, she was eager to finally visit the lovely garden she'd worked so hard to get to, and set off into the woods with this fellowship of possible terrorists to find the hall and the little door behind the curtain again. End chapter one. I'm bored. This party sucks. I wish there was something different to do, other than repeating the same regular experiences we've grown accustomed to. Hey, kids, want something different to do, other than repeating the same regular experiences you've grown accustomed to? I just said I did. Then I've got news for you. Introducing. What's the news? I'm telling you. Introducing. Go ahead, then. I am. I'm getting to it. Introducing Dan. Dan is a friend who will come over for most social gatherings, no questions asked sometimes. Dan! Dan. Uh, hey. Dan comes as a six-foot-one man with glasses and a computer he built himself. So how'd you put this computer together? It, uh, it'd take a while to explain. Oh, okay. He's not the life of the party, but if you need someone to fill out a group, Dan's your man. Because Dan can for any plan if you're a fan of Dan. Hey, Dan, we need a fourth from bowling. You want to go? Yeah, fine. He's a passive guy, so don't be afraid to jostle him around. He won't say anything. Dan! <laughs> Dan says he has a girlfriend, but you'll never meet her. So what's her name again? She's just someone I work with. Yeah, but what's her name? Why? It doesn't matter. Drop it. Break the mundane cycle with Dan on your couch today. This food's not that spicy. And coming soon, Daniel, the Dan who yells. Uh... Hey, knock it off, Dan. All right. Dan, he doesn't take up much space. Not available weekend. Dr. Raymond Pants, Books on Tape on Demand is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.